On today's podcast, the featured voice is Casey Washek, the founder of Fitting 42. He's going to share how to create a solid foundation to your fitness journey. So um, uh, I want to thank you for uh, uh, joining the, the, my podcast, is the voices, because I think voices are really, really important. Uh, we have social media everywhere, but social media often doesn't uh, allow people to kind of get their voices out and be conversational. It's about uh, 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 get your opinion out and everyone else's may not matter. But uh, I've just been doing my research on the stuff you've been doing. I think it's awesome what you're doing. I appreciate it, man. So um, um, what I saw is that you are a U.S. veteran, uh, similar to myself. You were in the real military, as my, my uh, Marine friends will say to me, uh, as you, you were in the Marines. And I'm, I'm in the, I was in the Air Force. And uh, you're also an entrepreneur, a family man, and a fitness enthusiast. So I, I think uh, that that's a really, really well-rounded thing to make you connectable to every single person that's, that's in the world that will listen to this and will learn about what you're doing. And I think that'll lead to a, a great deal more prosperity than you already have. I appreciate that, man. And uh, I've learned uh, you don't insult the podcast host, you know, even if they were in the Air Force. So, <laughs> well, so You're the man with the mic, so I... <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because I'm in a couple of uh, ex expat uh, uh, military gr- uh, veteran groups here um, in Colombia, and I, I get Air Force jokes all the time. But I appreciate it because I have family and friends in other branches, and there, it's a brotherhood there that exists that you, you can only do that internally, you know. And it's, so it's really a family, and it's, so I appreciate it because it, you you could not make fun, right? <laughs> oh no, you know you're absolutely right because um, it's. It's like, you know, you can razz your family, but if an outsider razzes your family, you're like, hey, hold up. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. internally, like you were saying, branch to branch, you know, apparently I eat crayons and, I, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, but if, if somebody who hasn't served tries to, to make a comment, we all have each other's back, which is uh, pretty cool. <laughs> Now, and I will give Marines uh, a specific compliment because I have friends from every branch. But um, down here in Columbia, I have a friend who was, um, is um, uh, a Marine veteran as well. And what I've seen is when Marines leave the, um, the Marines, they, they really are really uh, uh, in the community. They're really like men of the people and women of the people. They're out there. Like I have a friend who does recruiting uh, for uh, English teachers in, in South America and across the world. And I've met Marines who, who do things for the community. So as much as the jokes are of uh, that exist about Marines, you all are really like really about the soil of the earth people. And I, I want to give that compliment because even in the, in, within the, the inner circle, there's jokes about, you know, uh, um, intelligence, but there's a lot of intelligence there. Yeah. You know, um, I ne- you know, I never made that correlation, and I think that's really interesting what you just said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I know people who are, like, registered geniuses who decided to join the Marine Corps and decided to be, you know, uh, O3 infantry just because that's, that's what, you know, that's, that's really what they uh, inspired them, and that's, 
that's the route they wanted to go to, to serve their country. Now, as a, as a dad, as a parent now, uh, you know, I, I don't know where I stand as far as, cause I, I was a grunt as well. And do I want my son on the front lines and especially, um, you know, in the, in the political climate where a lot of what, there is no good guy, bad guy anymore. It's interests and it's, yeah. so it's like, do I want my son or daughter on the front lines or would I like them to get some job skills like in the Navy air force and, and leave the military, um, with some sort of skills that, that they can use outside the military. So, I mean, I got a long time. My kids are seven and five, but that's definitely on my mind. And, and so that, that, that actually leads me to my next question because uh, I'll, I'll touch on the, the military again in, in another portion. But um, uh, as a family man, that, that, what, what was your inspiration towards the, your entrepreneurial goal? Because to be an entrepreneur in itself is that to use a, I guess a popular word is scary. And with responsibilities to a family, uh, what, what made you believe that being an entrepreneur, and we'll talk specifically about your business in a moment, but um, what made you feel like that was the best route for you to go instead of, you know, a lot of uh, people who leave the military get headhunters from the military and the military normally assist you with the transition to assistance programs where they help you find uh, work with contractors and et cetera, but you chose the route of entrepreneur. So what led you that way? All right. So first I was, it was ingrained in me as a kid. My brother and I had lemonade stands. We had, uh, we would mow lawns. We would wash cars. We would rake leaves. We would shovel snow. I think the craziest thing we did. Uh, so we grew up on the East coast. And if you're an East Coaster, you, you vacation in Florida. So what we would do as kids is we would bring butterfly nets and uh, fish tanks down to Florida with us, and we would catch all the little lizards and that are running around everywhere and then bring, bring them back up to New Jersey and sell them to pet stores. And um, this, it, it, it all stemmed because, you know, our dad gave us an allowance like most kids get, I think we, our allowance was $10, but the things I wanted always cost more than $10. You know, we were, we were baseball card and comic book fiends. And so when it was just constantly drilled in us, like, if you want more, go get more. And, um, so then fast forward to the military. So that, that's, that was always already in me. And, you know, I was in from 97 to 2001 in the Marine Corps. And um, at the time, this is before September 11th, at the time, the military didn't, they had a bad rap. Uh, people weren't as friendly as they are today towards the military. And I'll say um, our pay back then wasn't as good as it is now. It's still the every service member is still underpaid, but not to the extent we were. And I guarantee you, if I talked to a, a Vietnam vet, they would, they, they would smack me across the mouth right now with what I'm saying, how I'm complaining <laughs> about the pay, but it was yeah. even less for them. So, uh, so I did the same thing in the Marine Corps. I, I, I think an entrepreneur is just really a problem solver and they just look around and they see the problems 
that that are present and and they solve them. They they plug holes. So in the military, in the Marine Corps, um, I was a I was in the infantry, which is an all male uh, part of the, part of the Marine Corps right now. And so in the barracks, you know, what do we do? After work, we start having some pizza, we start drinking some beer. But unfortunately, the PX or like the 7-Eleven on base is a mile away. Well, now right. you're hungry. It's yeah. 9 p.m. and you're hungry and you've already had a couple beers in you and you can't drive. Exactly. So what you do is you go to Casey's room and Casey has Hot Pockets. Casey has sodas. Casey has hot dogs. Casey has candy bars. Casey sold toilet paper. Five dollars a roll. <laughs> because when you're knocking on my door at midnight for toilet paper, you absolutely need it. Yes. I could charge whatever I wanted. <laughs> so um, so uh, I made more money running a 7-Eleven out of my room while I was a Marine than actually being a Marine. And ultimately, that's what led to me deciding to uh, leave the military. I absolutely loved being a Marine. I loved my job. I was a machine gunner, and I was the, one of the battalion close combat instructors. But I left the Marine Corps as an E-5, which is a sergeant. And the prerequisite for an E-6 is I have to be a sergeant for four years. So there is no way. Uh, I do not like limits. And I do not like people telling me, you have to put this amount of time in uh, before you're even considered for a promotion. Oh, I understand, and, yes. And so I knew for the next four years I was stuck at $1,700 a month as a single sergeant in the Marine Corps. And I said, I can start a McDonald's tomorrow. And in four years, I'll own that place. Right. <laughs> so what am I doing? Like, I, I, I want more. I absolutely loved what I was doing, like I said, in the, in the Marine Corps. I just, I just, for the, um, for where I envisioned my life going and what I wanted, I realized that um, my, my time in the service had ended. And so I got out, and I'll tell you, um, I got out, I started personal training, uh, I trained at a gym. Once again, I was an independent contractor, meaning I could work one hour a day. I could work 20 hours a day. It's really up to me what I wanted to make. And so I, I, I loved right. that challenge. And, uh, so I got out in 2001 In 2006, my brother and I decided to open up our first gym. Now I had just gotten married too. And the next four years, so the next four years, I did not make a paycheck. I did not bring home a steady paycheck. So I, I kind of did like the biggest bait and switch with my wife. When I, was, when I was dating her and I was the independent contractor, meaning I had no overhead. It's just if I trained somebody at your gym, I paid you a little bit of rent and I, get to, I, got, I got to keep everything else. I didn't have to pay you know, electricity. I didn't have to pay, you know, water utilities. It was just whenever I trained for the hour, I paid that owner $10. 
and I charged whatever I wanted. So then all of a sudden, so I meet my wife, I'm whining her, I'm dining her, I'm taking her out all the time. And then I, my brother and I decided to open a gym, and that all ceased. And so for the next four years, my wife held me up. And eventually we ended up, That's yeah, great. you know, she was a school teacher, and, you know, she was, she's always been super supportive of my, my goals and my dreams. But I'll be honest, like, that's, she signed up because she loved me. And then I took her on this roller coaster. So I, I definitely don't want to paint the picture like you jump and then you just start crushing it. Because we ended up going out of business in 2010. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Oh, wow. And, and so I, my brother and I, when we opened our gym, before we opened our gym, we had bought a house together. And um, in 2009, we had a decision to make. Things were going so bad. Do we pay our mortgage or do we try to keep our dream alive? So we decided to keep our dream alive. So we ended up losing that house. And then we still couldn't keep the dream alive. And so we ended up folding and basically just turning the keys over to a competitor. I walk into one of our competitors. I hand him the keys. I said, it's yours. Like we can't keep it open. And, And luckily he took it and that gave us that gave us the opportunity to step back and see what we were doing wrong and reinvent ourselves but i'll tell you one of the keys the absolute keys to us being where we're at now is the the first 4 years i was in business that i did not have a paycheck my brother and I were doing it on our own. We had no mentors. We had no outside help. We weren't a part of any masterminds, any groups. We were just throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall, hoping it worked. When we lost that business and got a chance to reinvent ourselves, we said, why don't we go hire people, go to the most successful gyms in California, in, in certain areas, and and pay for their time and start picking their brain. That makes and sense. So, um, that absolutely catapulted us because we learned the best practices of some of the best gyms in the world, and that catapulted us. And now, you know, here we are today. We're a budding franchise. We have four locations right now. Um, we have about 20 gyms that we consult with and we teach them different systems. Intend to now we're now, and then along the way, we put our own stamp on it. We're now turning around and helping other gym owners have more impact in their communities. So that's us in a nutshell. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome because I was, was doing my research and I, I saw uh, there were 25 different um, sites that you had available or locations you had available. So the, um, those 25 locations are roughly either uh, independently owned, the four independently owned, I, I'm, I'm assuming, or uh, partnerships you have. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, so... so- so we're constantly evolving. So those 25 you see, four of those are mine. 
and the other 25 are the the 21 are gym owners who sought us out who wanted to run some of our programs so we took them under our wing and taught them our systems and so basically um it's a license they're um i i don't want to compare us to anybody but the easiest comparison would be like crossfit you know you you learn their systems and things and you run them um so it's kind of like that but now what we're doing is we're evolving into a franchise where one of the things i realized with the licensing that i didn't like is all the variables um i didn't like and this this goes with clients too the whole idea to help somebody become successful and when they hire a coach the coach is supposed to control as many variables as possible in order to be able to predict where the client is going to end up <clears throat> so um okay. this is the same thing with with helping gym owners so what we didn't like was we were helping them only in a couple facets of their business and we realized that they need, uh, some people need help in all facets. And so what we decided to do is like, no, look, there's, I, I've been, uh, I'm, we're about to open our fifth gym out here in Texas. And, you know, we've opened a gym a year for the last three or four years. And some of the people I'm helping, uh, most don't have that same growth. So Why? Why don't they have the same growth? And, and, it's, and it's only because we're only helping them in certain facets and not all facets. And it actually leads me to um, my, my, my next question, because you mentioned uh, gym, gyms and fitness. And uh, to some people, that market is oversaturated, maybe uh, because of the, 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 the quick fixes. And uh, so what what inspired you to actually go into the fitness arena? Well, that's a that's a great question. So. I got to get a little personal first. Um, So family wise, my brother and I came up in a household as an absolute disaster. Uh, We've had four stepmoms. My mother died of a heroin overdose. So we're very familiar with 12 step programs, AA, Al-Anon, because both my parents were in and out trying to straighten out their lives. And uh, we were put through the ringer. Uh, as kids. So my escape was the Marine Corps. So I decided to join the Marine Corps to get as far away from that environment as possible. And while I was in the Marine Corps, I have all this time. Like I, I, I grew up playing sports, but I, I only worked out when my coaches told me to work out. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, during wrestling season, we went to the gym on Tuesdays, Thursdays. That's when I went to the gym. That's the only time I went to the gym, you know, baseball season, same thing. But now I'm a, a man in the Marine Corps. Um, I go through boot camp. I loved boot camp. I loved the physicality of boot camp. Um, and then now I'm at a boot camp and I basically, unless we're going to run, you know, operations in the desert or something like that i have a nine to five job at at 18 19 years old so why not take some of this time 
and and start improving myself physically because like i said i loved the uh physicality of boot camp and just uh you know your drill instructors you know seeing if they can break you and and i really loved (laughs) i really loved that aspect of it and i and at the same time i knew boot camp was only 90 days so you're not gonna if you're not gonna break me because i know there's there's a a time limit I know all I got to do is last 90 days and you can throw anything at me and I'll, I'll put up with it for 90 days. So, so I start uh, working out in the Marine Corps. I end up uh, joining the base wrestling team when I was stationed in Okinawa for a little bit. And one of my friends, I took him down and then he threw me in a triangle, which is not a wrestling move. It's a jujitsu move. And I was like, what the heck was that? <laughs> and he's like, that's a triangle. And I was like, you need to teach me that. And so we started doing jujitsu. Once I got back to the States, I started training in jujitsu. My higher ups saw this. They saw that I was constantly working out and doing jujitsu. And so what ended up happening was, um, you being a veteran, you know that like when we go through boot camp, we come out like absolute machines. You know, we're dialed in yes. for that period of time. But then what happens is after you know, people leave boot camp, even though we're Marines and, and airmen and things like that, you know, the old bad habits start kicking back in. And yes, and so, yeah, so they get off work and they're, you know, they're watching movies, eating pizza, drinking beer. And all of a sudden our primary goal and my primary goal in the Marine Corps as a machine gunner was to get to the fight, but we have to carry these big guns on our back. Now, Little by little, some of my some of my teammates can't get to the fight because they're out of shape now. And so my my higher ups saw what I was doing after work and they basically forced me (laughs) to train the guys who uh, who needed more attention to their to their, you know, their their physicality. And so. I guess without the extra duty. Pay, no, right? Yeah. And, and I got nothing for it. They actually made me do it on my lunch hour on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so, so that's when I would take a little nap and they, so they took away my nap. So I was upset and I punished these guys for uh, three days a week. But little by little, they didn't have to come back to me anymore. And that's when, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I was running a seven 11 out of my room. So I'm making some good money. And one of my higher ups came up to me and said, Hey man, I know you're getting out. I don't know. He's like, you're pretty good at this. I don't know if this is something you're looking into. Kind of sat back and, and started thinking about what I'm doing. And I love this. It's a big part of my life. But at the same time, I realized nobody's going to pay to get beat down three days a week. So maybe I need to start learning the science behind exercise and nutrition and that's one of the things as you mentioned earlier the marine corps are the military is great about is providing educational assistance and so even though like i wasn't able to go to college um especially while i was still active duty they had no problem paying for different courses for me to do and things like that and and continuing education and distance education, distance learning while I was still in. So when I got out, um, I, I realized I really loved helping people 
get back to where they should be. And and a lot of times I saw things in them that they didn't even see. And so just learning how to relay that and saying like, look, you're, you're an athlete. You just, you don't have an outlet right now, you know? And um, so that's what got me into training itself. Now what has separated, separated us from everybody else was, you know, what we were doing, what everyone else was doing uh, those first four years. And that's, we ended up going out of business. So when we stepped back and we went out of business, we said like one of the things that always like was like putting a knife in our heart is when one person would come in, we would create a roadmap for them and they would do amazing. Similar person, another, uh, another person came in with similar circumstances, you know, same kind of lifestyle, height, weight, the same. And we give them a roadmap and they would do absolutely nothing uh, or they would end up quitting. And it's like, all right, what, you know, what can we do to like, to help that person? Cause some people lose, some people just need to start moving and then they start tightening everything else up. Like, they- yeah. And you know, the, the interesting thing, not to interrupt you because it, it inspires me when I saw the quote on your website that, um, and it kind of made me think of the 90 day, uh, uh, thing you said about the the Marines and well, okay, I have my 90 days and I'm done. You you have your quote, a 42 day life challenging, um, life changing event designed to create those lifelong habits needed to fully uh, transform your life. You're only 42 days away. And so I think that's, that's really cool that you put that out there because um, what, what inspired the 42 days specifically, so, because that's, that's really, yes. really specific. So that, so that here's, here's, um, that's what was actually I was starting to reference was we started to look at like it, it's a horrible feeling for any coach. Like we we typically focus on our misses. You know, somebody loses 20 pounds. It's a high five. It's a hug. Awesome job. But when we go home, we're thinking about the person who quit on us, the person who didn't who disappeared, the person who we bumped into, who did great, but we bumped into them at the grocery store and they're, they look worse than when they started. So those are the ones that coaches tend to focus on. And they're like, damn it, like, how did I fail you? So that was like, we went out of business for a reason. <laughs> and so, uh, right. <laughs> so it was like, why weren't, why weren't we making the impact we should be making? And so looking back and you already, you already, you already see the correlation, but there's another correlation. Looking back, we were like, you know what? There's no event in these people's lives. Like I had in the Marine Corps. Yes. And so, (laughs) so, um, you know, the beautiful part about being a Marine is that event is like your gateway into this brotherhood that no one else, no one else is a part of. And so I, I, to this day, I am still a Marine. I bump into, you know, 80 year olds and I notice a tattoo and I say Semper Fi. And then all of a sudden we're talking, you know what I mean? There's this brotherhood, um, that, that the only gateway to get into that brotherhood 
is through boot camp. So where is that? And that's a life-changing event. Where's that life-changing event for the average person? But on top of it, Lou, was the fact that my, my parents were so, you know, like drugs were constantly, drugs and alcohol were constantly coming back in their life. They just couldn't kick it. And so we're like, where is, are you familiar with the Betty Ford Center? I've heard of it. I know they, they help people with, with addictions, yes. but I'm not firsthand. So here's, uh, here's a beautiful thing, and, and it just kind of struck us. The Betty Ford Center is, was in my hometown in California. And so we're like, all right, this is a place people go to where they say, you know what? I need help. And they basically live there under the Betty Ford Center's rules. And the Betty Ford Center dictates what they do. And they leave a different person. And so I'm like, where is the Betty Ford Center for health and fitness? Ah, and so, so like using it. the 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 fit and 40 or using the the uh, the, the Marine Corps coupled with the you know Marine Corps boot camp coupled with the Betty Ford Center. Like I wanted people leaving uh, fit and 42 feeling like like I said that. They changed their lives, but they did something a lot of the population has never even experienced. And they can walk around and and feel a little taller. And then, uh, you know, there's obviously ways just like in the, you know, bumping into a uh, a veteran, uh, like especially a Marine Corps veteran where I can say, hey, Semper Fi, when were you in? So we we created that aspect inside Fit and 42 where. A, we call them 42ers, a 42er would able be able to spot a fellow alumni and be like, hey, I did it uh, July of 2015. When did you do it? You know what I mean? So so just just using the experiences we had, but but then bringing them to the fitness industry and making it like a, like what, what we say in Fit and 42 is, look, you've been driving. Let's say you're a 50-year-old woman. I say, look, you've been driving for the last last 50 years, and this is where we've gotten. So give me the keys. I'm driving now. All you got to <laughs> do is follow. And, right. And so interestingly enough, one of the things we always have to attack, because we say, you know, give us 42 days and we'll change your life. We say you're only 42 days away. And I'm not telling you, and we make this really clear, if you're trying to lose 100 pounds, I promise you, you're not going to get there. Promise you. In 42 days, you're not going to lose 100 pounds. But you will have all the habits ingrained in you that you need to get there. And so one of my biggest worries, and whenever I see it on social media or I hear it in the gyms, is when someone's like, day 32, only only 10 days left, I immediately have to address that person and say, hey, what happens on day 43? Like, what are you counting down to? And that's interesting you say that because my, my follow-up question was, and we can answer that after you finish, is, so what do they do, what do your 42ers do on, on day 43? Like, what, what happens for them after it's done? Because uh, you're, the, the, the existence of such programs, the existence of pinnacle moments in their life, like your 42-day program, gives them something. And if they're addicted to that or they need that structure in their life, 
how do they go forward? So I'll let you finish, sure. but I think that's a very that, interesting follow-up. That's, that's a great question. So, yeah, I just want to um, finish what, what I'm trying to with, – with that, when, when I notice people counting down, it's always a worry because it's I, – I, I feel like there hasn't been a shift. Like, because obviously um, we – I wouldn't call it a – it's rest- – our meal plan, the, the way we tell people to eat, is restrictive compared to the average American. All right? So there's no pizza and beer on the Fit and 42 meal plan because what we're doing is we're, we're focusing our sights on goals. And everything we do to reach those goals are either serving us or pulling us away from those goals. So when I see someone accounting down, that scares me. And so what I have to tell them is like, look, in AA – they don't count down. They, they count up. I'm 90 days sober. I'm three. I'm, I'm six months sober. I'm a year sober. I'm five years sober. They count up because they realized on day one of joining AA that this is the start of a new lifestyle, not we're counting down and I'm going to be sober for 42 days. And then on day 42, I'm going to uh, 43. I'm going to celebrate and go nuts. And that's going to bring me right back to um, basically back to my old habits. So like you were, the question you asked is what we're trying to do is bring people in. It's, it's a gateway into this lifestyle. So it's pretty restrictive. And the whole point is, look, if you're, if, if you're like having a bottle of wine tonight before fit and 42, I don't want, you're not drinking during fit and 42. So when you leave Fit and 42, maybe you have a bottle a week. You know what I mean? So I'm not telling you you're never going to drink again. What I'm telling you is we're going to align what your, what the goals that you have set for yourself, and we're going to align your actions, your habits to your goals. But I realize you're a human being and there's so, social circumstances, but we're going to give you tools and, and ways to troubleshoot to where like if, if you're in a uh, in a uh, industry where you're constantly whining and dining that you're not you're not doing that at the expense of what you're trying to achieve for yourself. So Fit and 42 is like this full immersion program. And then afterwards, yes, obviously we have like the whole point of Fit and 42 is to enter the lifestyle and then for you to keep living it. Uh, on day 43 and one of the big things we try to do because we get a lot of people who have never been in shape and then you watch a move and you're like have you ever played sports and they're like no and i'm like you could have like you you uh, you look in the mirror and you think that's you and what i see is i see this this person who's wearing this this like uh, this meat suit that, that, that they shouldn't be wearing. And I'm like, man, so it's really interesting because a big portion of what we do in fit and 42 is I want to then expose you to different aspects of fitness. Like I'm the goal of fit and 42 is not to become a gym rat. The goal of fit and 42 is for you to start feeling good about yourself and start, um, moving around more, like if your kids want to hop in the pool at a, it, I always say this, and I say this at our orientation, 
raise your hand if you have kids. Nine out of ten raise their hand. I say, raise your hand if you jump in the pool at a birthday party with them. None raise their hand. At the end of this program, you will jump in the pool. And because no adult jumps in the, bir- the pool for the kid's birthday party because they're worried about what the other adults think. <laughs> Very true. And so what I want is it's not about those nameless people in your movie. This is your movie. Create that experience with your kid. So we're going to build the confidence both physically and mentally in you to where you don't care what other people think. All you care about is the fact that your son or daughter is smiling because mom and dad's in the pool creating an experience with them. And that's all I want because that's what my brother and I didn't have. And so this I, is, this is uh, like I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to change your circle of influence through you. I'm going to get you to change. And then what's going to happen is people are going to say, why are you doing that? And then all of a sudden they say, hey, how'd you do that? And I want you to teach them because the 12th step in a 12 step program is then to turn around and to mentor somebody else and show them how you've gotten there. And so that's exactly what we want in Fit in 42. And it, it looks like from your program that you've done your, your, your research on um, obviously timelines for specific date uh, timelines, as well as uh, for uh, nutritional guides. And it, it seems like there's also a little bit of influence of your wife being a teacher for you setting up like lesson plans, so to speak, with people. And you're kind of a psychologist all in the same thing, which means you probably develop friendships. It leads me to the actual point of when I went on your website, I saw there was a specific client questionnaire. And it's interesting because this, I think, makes you unique in the fitness industry, specifically because gyms just say, hey, come on in, you know, we'll help you. But it looks like you're being specific about the clientele you want. So what inspired you to have a a questionnaire? Because I think I can see where when you mentioned going out of business and knowing your clientele, but what, 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 what do you think directly was the reason for having a questionnaire for your client? Well, the problem is we only have so much time in our day. And um, what we want is somebody who's all in. Um, I can tell you, I can show you uh, a bunch of different questionnaires and I can show you who was successful and who wasn't based upon how they fill that out. You know, there's some deep questions in there. And some people will write us a paragraph and they will tell us. And, and then uh, honestly, that gets me jazzed. Like you're telling me your story. I haven't even met you face to face yet. And I'm like, man, like I, wow, this, this person's opening up to me. They don't even know me. Like that's how, that's how much they're struggling is like, they went on this website and poured their guts out. Like, holy cow, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to meet this person and start strategizing. Like, how, how are we going to do this? T- tell me a little bit more. Like, when can you come in? How can we do this? And then you'll get the other person who everything's a two-word answer. And you're like, all right, you're not really in this. You're just kind of – you're window shopping. And so um, – that's actually like, that's a really interesting question. I've never been asked that before. So really that's awesome. Lou. Um, that's one of our barriers to entry is like, look, there's going to be a lot of, not a lot, but there's some ways we want to find out how serious you are. And, um, 
because you know with a with a program like Fit and Forty Two, um, you know we used to do TV ads, radio ads. Now we do just primarily social media, but we get calls and literally, like I'll I'll go I'll go through a call. I'll be like you know, Good morning, Fit and Forty Two, Casey speaking. How may I help you? And then the response I get is, How much? And I'm like, oh, hello, uh, who am I speaking with? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and what we found is people are mo- and I hate to generalize, but I, we've been doing this for 13 years, owning our own businesses. Um, people are looking for an out. They're looking for a look. I called. It's too much money. So I guess I'll just continue sitting on the couch. I tried. They're looking to say, I tried, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And and have you had to reject anyone yes. from like, okay. So and, uh, I'm sorry, finish your, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, how does that make you feel? Because I mean, as an entrepreneur, obviously the end goal is to make money, but it seems that you have a more personal sort of emotional attachment to your business where you actually want the people to buy in. So that I, I'm just curious about the, um, how you feel about having to reject people well so um you have to the easiest way to go out of business is one try to be something for everybody and then two um kind of bend your morals and ethics for a dollar um and so it's funny yesterday i was talking with one of my uh one of my gyms that i consult for and i I'm going to say this, but there was a time, that first four years that we were in business, that we went out of business, I felt like we were whores for money. And Really? And the reason why, like, we were do like, because we were struggling so much, um, like, one of my clients would say, like, man, I wish you had yoga here. All right, boom, now we have a yoga class. I don't know how to do yoga. I'll figure it out. But I did it <laughs> just because one person told me they were interested in it so i bent like that's not my core competency that's not what i'm good at but because you wanted it i'm gonna make it happen so hopefully and then guess what now i'm miserable because i have one or two people in the class and and if i'm paying an instructor i'm actually losing money so so that's what i mean so what we found is no we will not bend our ethics we will not bend our morals for a dollar and so i just want to clarify throughout the country fit and 42 cost for the 42 days is about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars depending on what gym you go to so it's expensive there's but i'll tell you what the first time we did it it was 10 weeks long and it was 177 dollars and most people quit most people quit by week six that's why we. Can- they don't have a financial investment. No, I think that the money point, price point matters. Yes, so we have their undivided attention for a thousand dollars or like we charge fifteen hundred. A lot of our our, our affiliates charge thousand, but the reason, the reason is, is I want your undivided attention. I want it to sting, and so to your point, I get worried when someone just throws me their credit card. I'm like, oh, that didn't hurt. You know, like after talking to them and telling them why they need this program and how I'm going to help them. And they're like, cool, I'm in. And they throw down their credit card. I'm like, oh, crap. 
this is going to be a problem. Cause I, I like the person who sits there and they're like, you know what? Let me call my husband right now. And let's fi- let me figure out like what we can shift around to make this happen. And I'm like, wow, you're doing a lot of work to get in this program. So you must really want it. So there's been times where, um, you know, once again, we, we refer back to the Betty Ford center or AA all the time. Like if you have somebody in AA in a meeting talking about how they got drunk last night and they went out and party with friends and it was awesome. That person's got to go, <laughs> you know, cause they're going to taint the whole room. And we have to, in, in certain cases, we've had to do that during the program because we, we call it, we have to protect the room. We have to protect all those people who are really trying. And then there's that one person who's talking about how good the pizza tasted last night that they had or the birthday cake. And you're like, look, you can't do this. And if it keeps up, we're like, look, uh, we'll refund them. Say, hey, you got to go. That's that's very similar to the recycling and basic training where you you get left behind by uh, your your um, your entry group because you thought you were more important or you you had you wanted to be different. And so the, the drill instructor said, hey, well, it sounds like you need to do this week again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and really, I mean, so you got to understand this is a, an expensive program. Um, I don't like saying it that way, but you know, a thousand dollars for a lot of people is pretty expensive. Uh, and so, um, if I have 15, 20, 30 people in the room and there's one bad apple, get rid of the bad apple. Cause they're there. Oh, it affects their money. It affects yeah. their money and it affects their experience. And that's why I think we're in 25 different cities is because, um, we're willing to, to not bend when it comes to our morals, our ethics, and we're willing to stand by what, what we say and what we preach. And if you're not a good fit, like I'm not saying I'm going to kick you completely out of my gym. I'm just, I might kick you out of the fit and 42 program because it doesn't sound like you're ready for it. So here, let me refund you. Let's figure out a plan B. And, and a lot of times when I have that conversation, that straightens them out. Like, oh, no, no, I love this. I'm like, well, then I can't have you talking about margaritas last night. I can't. <laughs> like, there's people. So, for- so, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, so, um, that, not, but it inspired this question. Um, so, what do you do for the people? Because, because you seem in touch with your clients, what do you do for those people who want to be in the program? Do you have ways to um, uh, financially sort of uh, – help them uh, make it happen for them. So say there's a person, Hey, I can get you 500 now and 500 later. Do, do you have um, sort of a structure for people who uh, need uh, a, an, maybe an adjustment to help pay the complete uh, total? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and I like, we have, we have specific structures set up, but I'm going to let you in. Like if I'm, if you're sitting here and you got me pumped because, um, you know, you're telling me your story and how, how bad you want this. And if the finance, like, I'm going to get my money. I'm not worried about that. But I, I will bend the rules, so to speak, to help you be able to get in. Because I know if you get in, like, we're going to dominate this and we're going to do amazing things together. So I don't want the money to be the sticking point. But... uh in most cases, 
like that there are specific structures set up like I, like the it has to be paid off in the six weeks and okay and um you know if we need to go a little further than that that's fine but it's it's really hard um in that sort of situation if you're thinking about it like imagine going to disneyland but you had a payment plan and so you're paying for disneyland even after you got back home you know it's like um it kind of loses its value. Like I'm not even there anymore and I'm still paying. Right. So we we try to keep it within the parameters of the 42 days. So they understand what they're paying for. Um, and, uh, but you make it accessible. Yes. It seems that you, you still make it accessible. Absolutely. It's, and it's, um, see, here's the thing is there's, uh, nowadays there's, like six week challenges and things all over the place. A lot of them are free. And, um, and obviously we went in a different route. Um, and with that, so business wise, the, the money gets the buy-in from the client because it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot of money for a lot of people, but then I get to do some pretty amazing things. Because I have the financial means to do it like there there's and like you said, um, you said something really, really nice earlier that, you know, you feel like Marines are leaders of their communities are the salt, they salt of the earth people. And uh, so I really resonated with that because a lot of what we do is we might rent a bus. And so it's Saturday workout for fit and 42. You show up for the fit and 42 workout and I say, hey, guys, put this T-shirt on. So I have a t-shirt for you. Um, We're all going to do the 5k breast cancer run, run, walk right now. We rented a bus. We paid for your uh, entry. So that's our workout today. So so my clients get their workout. Obviously um, we were able, because I had the financial means, we were able to don't, you know, get 20, 30 people registered for the, the 5k breast cancer walk. And so now we're helping out another, you know, another, um, charity and plus we're out in the community. And so this, um, this is the sort of stuff that we really like to do is surprise people and, and make, um, like we'll rent out, you know, a trampoline park and that'll be our workout, but you have to bring your friends and family. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, we'll rent out, um, a, uh, a rock climbing gym. And say, you know, this Saturday, meet us at the rock climbing gym, bring your friends and family. And so the one for me personally, the most rewarding thing I hear is sometimes a parent won't bring their kids because they won't really know because it's the first time they've ever done something like this. They won't really know kind of. And then they'll be like, man, I can't wait to bring my kids back here. And like, boom. So you're breaking barriers for them mentally. Yes. And like I said, we're not trying to be gym rats. Like I want you to use this, this new, this newfound strength and athleticism for something, you know, um, we have some cool things planned. We want to take everybody paddle boarding. Um, We go on hikes all the time. Um, And so the idea, and so this is my way because, you know, you mentioned earlier that the fitness industry, which it is, is um, saturated, oversaturated. So I have, a, I have a, um, a personal belief when it comes to that is 
I personally love oversaturation because that means if there's 20 gyms in a town, that means this is a pretty uh, health conscious area. Now, all I have to do if I show up is be the best. And so then, then I own that town and, and I have to be different and I have to be the best. And I, I feel like those are the things we focus on is not doing what everybody else is doing, but then also creating experiences because most people today sit on social media in their house. They're not, they're not connecting with people. And what I'm trying to do is bring it back. And, and then also everything I talked about, we are, we are helping out other local businesses. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, t- we're renting out the rock climbing gym or the trampoline park. So the, and then we're just filling it with our members, having a great time. And guess what? Now I'm not just a gym for somebody. I'm a part of their life. And, right. You're, you're, you're a level of, of summer camp for adults in a sense. Yes. Not to sort of like uh, marginalize it, but it feels that way where you can have fun and it brings the nostalgia of that. So for us, like I, I, I speak at some industry events and stuff. And, I, and one of the things I always try to drill is, look, if all you do is workouts – like you're going to you're going to get lost in 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 the shuffle. You have to be something more. Um like if if a member, I mean internally we say if a member leaves, I want it to feel like now they didn't just leave a workout, they left all their friends and basically they're going to be going to a new school. And um so we really try to what we call build a fence around our members and give them everything they need. My, I'll, I'll tell you what phase two is for us. Phase two is my members coming up to me saying, Casey, where are we, vaca- where are we vacationing this summer? And what's the date? Because, because awesome. uh, I need to put my time in, my time in for work. So that's, that's the next level for us. And, and I actually was going to ask that as sort of a, sort of a, uh, uh, sort of a closure kind of question is like, what's the five, 10 year plan for, for fit and 42. And also what's, what's your legacy? What, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Because it sounds like you're, you're building relationships. You, you in itself are social uh, activity. That is an extension of social media and how can people partner with you? Because I think those things matter of what's next, for fit and 42 how how is it going to get bigger but what the legacy is they're leaving behind really what what i want is um i feel honored to be a part of people's journeys like my fingerprints are on them and what i really want because i feel like um generally if there if we had 100 people in the room 75 are female and wow. so um their moms their their wives and their and their business owners and their employees but um and the average age for our member is like the 45 to 55 and what i feel and the reason why i feel like so many of our members are female is because um women are generally pretty selfless they put their career first their husband first their kids first and then all of a sudden they lose themselves in, in that shuffle. And then all of a sudden the kids are a little older. They're a little more self-reliant. 
And they're like, they look in the mirror and like, man, where did my time go? Like, who am I? And, and that's probably affected the relationship with the husband. And so I feel like if I could, you know, especially a mom, a woman, if I, I feel like if I can get a hold of her and start teaching her things and, and, and helping her reach her goals, all of a sudden I, in a roundabout way, they might not ever step foot in the gym, but I have two other clients in the husband and, and the child or kids. So just by helping one person, I, I've probably helped three or four. And what I'm hoping is that that is a catalyst in their life for them to get a little closer, to start doing more things together. And, and then who knows, maybe because of how mom changed and mom was all of a sudden like, put the iPads down, let's go for a walk and talk. Um, that, that becomes something that the child does with his or her kids. And so that's, that's really like, I don't need my name and lights. I just want to know that like, if I've impacted one person, chances are there's two or three other people who are benefiting from the, the original person. And then that, that hopefully will be generational. It makes your price point uh, really discounted. If you think about it in the grand sense of the activities you offer, because if it's a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars, but you have the family connected and you're doing other things, that price point doesn't sound expensive at all. If they see the whole. Picture. Yes. And so interestingly, and so we'll talk like I don't tell them about a lot of the um, there's certain things we surprise them with. Um, so I do talk, you know, about like what I'm hoping is I'm hoping to uh, uh, to affect like the family fabric in your house i do mention that but i don't mention like the the field trips and stuff because i want that to be a surprise um so if you buy in uh, with the big picture then all of a sudden there's all these surprises we do for you you know um i don't want people to join thinking oh we're we got all these little field trips and stuff that's why i'm joining you know, I'm joining because I want to change your life and I want you to know, I want you to believe in that process. And then guess what? Then I'm going to throw in all these fun things that you didn't know about because you believed in the ultimate goal and in, in, in actually, you know, living a different lifestyle. That's absolutely amazing. So uh, just to sort of uh, sum up, what's the what's the best way for customers, clients, prospective people, business partners? To contact you in social media, YouTube, how, what's the best way to, to contact so, you? So uh, I would just, probably my email, it's Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at fitin, dot com. Um, okay. And uh, social media, it's Casey Washak. Um, if you want to see, uh, like, kind of read more about Fitin42, our website, which is uh, fitin42.com. Um and then from there, you'll find us on Instagram. And if you just, if you hashtag, oh, so the hashtag, so if you, if you're like you're questioning whether, um, well, if, let me just say this. If you want to see what the movement's like, search the hashtag, the fit and 42 life on Instagram, and you'll see thousands of people 
who are doing all sorts of cool things and doing things with their family because of, uh, of this little movement we created. That's awesome. And I saw you also have testimonials on your website and you have a YouTube channel. Yes, we do. Um, we're, I, we're, we're, we're everywhere, man, honestly. Uh, so yeah, it's, I believe it's fit and 42, our YouTube channel. Um, you can find all that on our website. Our website will lead you to all the different, um, social media channels. That's awesome. Well, Casey, I want to thank you so much for, uh, given this information. And I, I, I hope it is my hope that more people join the, uh, the 40 tours and, uh, I hope to see in more than 25 locations, the partnerships that you have existing. Uh, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see a veteran uh, do uh, the things that they're doing in, in, in the United States uh, after their service, because they recognize their service didn't end. Absolutely. You know, once the uniform came off. No, that, that's and so uh, I, I really want to thank you for it. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And um, I'm going to make sure that I put this on every social media platform I have because people do like to consume information and you've given them a lot to consume. And hopefully the more directly start taking that questionnaire and contact you so you can get more 40 tours into your uh, into your fold. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, Lou. Well, I I hope to uh, have an opportunity to do another interview with you and, uh, uh, it, again, this is fitin42.com and I appreciate your time. And if there's anything you want to sign off, uh, with to, for the listeners to, to hear, uh, I'll leave that space open to you now. All right. Well, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. And, um, honestly, uh, this, this was such a great interview. I, I had a ton of fun and I'd love to come back and actually, instead of talk, as much about business as I, as I did, but more maybe as a, what it takes to actually change your life. Um, I'd love to be, I'd love to come back and do something like that. Like something more tangible for maybe your, your listeners to leave with if they don't own a business and maybe they find themselves in a rut. Um, but Lou, I thank you for this platform. Um, I love your podcast and I, I, I'm really honored and blessed to be a part of it.